Man and Wife. Here is the story of how my song Man and Wife came to be. It is March 2020. We are in Oslo, Norway. I had just ended my tour of Germany, cutting it short halfway through. The new virus was in the air, taking a slow but steady grip of our reality. Like many, I was still in denial. My thinking was that I was not afraid of the virus itself, but rather I was afraid of the fear of the virus. How would society react to this? How would the fear affect people's willingness to come out and partake in normal day-to-day activities? And yes, how would it affect people's willingness to come out and hear new music? Two nights earlier, I had been sitting in a hotel room in Frankfurt, contemplating the situation. On one hand, the tour was going great. More people came out on this tour, more enthusiastically listening, singing along, buying CDs, offering supportive comments. This was my fourth tour, and signs were beginning to show that the previous tours were paying off. There was that feeling in the room when we played. People were paying attention. They knew some of the songs. They had favorites they wanted to hear, and I was there to play them. Together with my good friend and musical brother, Christian Nyström, who supported me on keyboards, we were doing many of the songs we had written together, and it was at times magical. We were beginning to find our form, beginning to get deeper into the songs. We were free now to take chances, experiment with the subtleties that live music allows for. We were more relaxed and knew we had a couple of good sets we could offer anybody who were willing to give us a chance. Things were going pretty great and it should not end now. We still had a couple of awesome cities we wanted to play. Berlin, Bremen and a handful more. On the other hand, things were not going great. Late at night, in a ghostly, empty hotel in Frankfurt, I was watching the news online. Israel had just closed its borders. Would other countries soon follow suit? I called my wife. I needed a second opinion. She asked me to come home immediately. Something in her voice and something inside of me lined up, and I sensed the urgency. It was time to quit and make my way home. Early morning the day after, I woke up my buddy Christian with the news. We are leaving. He concurred. I called the booking agency and they completely agreed. It was crashing in on all of us with devastating speed. The world was changing before our very eyes. We got tickets to go home. For some reason I was thinking that if United States closes its borders, they will close it to Germany before Norway. So I should come to United States from Norway. We booked a flight from Hamburg. Everywhere we looked, there was a nervous energy. There was a feeling that everything could shut down with a moment's notice. We talked about driving up north and into Denmark if shits really started hitting the fan and if we could no longer make it onto the plane. For all our fears, we got out. We boarded the plane. We landed safely in Oslo. I got a new ticket from Oslo to New York on a plane that would leave the day after. So I booked a room at Hotel Christiania, right in the center of my beloved Oslo, a city that is dear to my heart. I went to my favorite tree in the the castle park to meditate and pray like I used to when I lived there. I went to see the statues of my favorite poets. I had dinner at my favorite restaurant. My two brothers 
braved the conditions and came out to see me. And we talked about life and the universe and drank good Norwegian Pilsner. Life was different, but it echoed a very familiar past that is shire-like in my memory of being alive on this planet Earth. Right before going out for the night, I pick up my guitar. I'm lonely. I'm far from home. I'm trying to make it back to my family, uncertain of what is waiting for me once I reach United States borders at Newark Airport, New Jersey, my new home. I turn on the news and Norwegian Prime Minister announces she will close the border shortly. Trump comes on and says he will close the borders shortly too. The world is changing, really changing. I pick up the guitar. Out comes a series of four or five guitar chords that sums up the entirety of my feelings at this point. It is sad, but also with some hope. It is sentimental, but also realizing that love is a source for this longing. A love that I have experienced, not only longed for. I miss my family. I miss my wife. I miss her badly, desperately. Here's what I sang into my phone in that hotel room in Oslo that night. Calm yourself This can't last forever And if we die tonight We die together It's so cold But I pull you closer And in my embrace You'll stay warm forever I ended the recording Hit the stop button on my phone Put down my guitar and wept This was raw, unfiltered. This was truth. This was human, honest, clear, and therefore, if I may, beautiful. This was another example of a moment that I live for as a songwriter. A moment that lifts above work, effort, talent, struggle, needs and desires. A moment where I don't have to reach. I don't have to try. It's there. It needs to be said. It bubbles out like a thought before you had a chance to think it. A thought that you listen to later and you are in some kind of awe. Did I think that? It sounds like me, but also it doesn't. And you watch yourself transform as creativity now plays a role in changing how you see yourself, how you see reality. It's drenched in the pain of being alive, soaked in the light of being offered the gift of life, offered the gift of love. Two guitar chords is the anchor of this song. It is the E minor over G and D minor over F. They are called minors, but to me they sound like in between minor and major, neither nor. So it leaves you hanging, suspended. And that was exactly where I was at. I was floating, not grounded. Past was gone, Future was uncertain. How can you not cry? My wife loves the sea. We often talk about spending the later half of our lives next to the sea. I was born next to the Atlantic Ocean, way up north in Norway. I heard it before I could listen. 
smelled it before I knew what it was. She has her best memories with her father being out on the ocean, often out of the Atlantic coastline of Gloucester, Massachusetts. She had to be quiet not to scare the fish away while her father overlooked the waters. She had to cook, but they were close together, and for her and for me, at that point, we were an ocean apart, but it was the same ocean. At 16, her father asked her to captain a boat and catch a tuna, and she did, with her crew of girls only, none of them older than 18. Open sea fishing where trained sailors sometimes get lost. It was crazy, completely nuts, but she did it. As for me, I caught my first fish, a wolf fish under the protective eye of my grandfather. Most of my uncles are fishermen. There is a deep inherited relationship to the sea, for both of us. As a backdrop, the ocean creates a perfect image for what bridges our existence. She's from Korea, I'm from Norway, two very different countries, but can you see them as two hands that holds the earth and the ocean between them? The ocean gives life and takes it. We are here only very, very briefly. We have to make it count. We have to write the songs and sing them. We have to feel the love and express it. We have to embrace the pains and muscle them, feel them, love them. I was given two arms to be able to carry it all and take in fully the blissful beauty of this once-in-a-lifetime experience. One arm is called man, the other arm is called wife. You say it's a dream.